So glad to see you. My name is Josh. I'm one of the ministers here. If we have not yet met, stick around. Let me say hi to you after the service. But I just want you to know, you saw a smattering of faces on the screens here who serve in very strategic and important ways, but they're not the only ones who give of themselves. Right now, there are people serving in our kids' ministries. There were some during the previous hour who were helping throughout. It takes hundreds of people week in and week out to care for this body just on Sunday. And that doesn't even account for the myriad ways you serve throughout the week, which, by the way, is the mission of the church, to share and care for people outside of the body of Christ as a reflection of the Christ that we serve. And I just want to tell you, I love you. I'm so grateful to get to be one of your ministers. Thank you for being Jesus, both in this building and in this city. We love you, we love you, we love you. And it's just such a privilege to be a part of such a good church. Now, before we dive into today's teaching, I want to give you some good news. Anyone want some good news? Say yes. Fantastic. On Wednesday night, and and I'm sorry, I don't have a picture. I'll get a picture for you next week. Um, Wednesday night, one of our teenagers, Isaac Delk, gave his life to Jesus Christ in baptism. They were in the first service, but can we still celebrate Jesus and what God does? Man. You understand that all of heaven celebrates and, and my gracious, we're told in scripture that the angels consistently are looking into what it must be like for you and to me to come to salvation. They're like, wow, what must that be like? So if we, as those who have gone from death to life, have experienced the miracle, may we never be outdone by angels who don't know what it's like to be saved from sin. Let us be worshipers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's try that again. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Good, good. All right. Today, we are in part, whatever this is, of Today Resolution, a series on looking at what it means to live fully today, because you cannot live fully tomorrow because it's only ever today, correct? And you can't live fully yesterday because you can't go back in time. You can only live fully today. And this is the rhythm of Scripture where God calls us not to try and live before tomorrow comes, or relive and relitigate yesterday, but to live in the presence of God today. And so we're looking at what does that look like to resolve today. And so before I tell you where we're going, I want to just sort of introduce a very obvious point here. Questions often lead to great results in life and often lead to uh, clarity, conviction. Questions are a phenomenal thing. In fact, in the almost 20 years I've been a full-time minister, I've been asked a lot of very interesting and unique questions. In fact, you all asked some great questions. Let me just show you a few of them. Here's the first question uh, that I was recently asked by someone. Did we stop passing the collection plates because people were taking money out of the plates? The answer is yes. Someone caught me doing that. They said, Diggs, we can't pass them any. No, 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 not really. All right, here's another one. Similar to the first one, but someone wrote, can I text CC Give 94,000 and receive money? Again, there's another question for you. And then there are other questions that I've been asked, some maybe a little deeper and more philosophical like this one. Does Lightning McQueen get life insurance or car insurance? By the way, just show of hands, how many of you know who Lightning McQueen is? All right, look, now look around at the demographic. Those are parents and children, all right? But I'll tell you the one that has really just kind of been on my mind a lot this week, I've been really puzzled by and working through is this question. If a dog wore pants, would he wear them like this or like this? 
By the way, show of hands, how many of you think that he would wear them like this? Anyone? How many of you think he'd wear them like this? Yeah, that's the Christian answer. This one, man, his legs go together, pants fall off, awkward for everyone. So we ask all sorts of questions. Some of them are maybe silly or trite. Some of them are important and helpful. But then there are a few questions that when we ask them, they're so big that they unlock things beyond the question themselves. There's a day when Jesus' followers asked Jesus one of these so big questions that had the ability to unlock things for them. And really, if we'll listen, unlocks things for us as well. One day, we're told in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' followers come to him and and they say, hey, Jesus, we, we noticed something different about you than all the other religious teachers, all the other gurus, all the other wise men around. When you talk to God, when you pray, God seems to really listen. And so they ask the question, will you teach us to pray? You know, there's something so fundamentally different between what we see out there, these long-winded, high, holy-sounding prayers, and your very intimate, honest simple talking to God and there seems to be a difference here not only in kind but it almost sounds like God might actually listen to you will you teach us to pray and so Jesus being the good teacher what does he do he says okay I'll teach you and he begins in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 what we call the Lord's prayer and it's really just sort of an outline or a way to follow along and how do you pray And in the very middle of this prayer, he says something that I don't know if you've ever noticed before, but I want to draw your attention to. In verse 11, he uses one very important word that I think unlocks so much for you and me. And it's the thing we're going to focus on today. In verse 11, he says, give us, what's that word, by the way, church? What's that word? Today. Today. Give us today. It's not that we don't ask for things maybe for tomorrow, but there's this understanding I'm asking for today. I'm not asking for next week or next month or next year. I'm asking for today. In other words, there are things that I may need today that he wants you to pray for today. Which means that Jesus' invitation, I love this, Jesus' invitation, he invites us to pray today. If we were to make one resolution this year That every day we say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to open my mouth and open my heart to the creator of all things. How would that make things different? Now, here's the reality. Uh, If you have been a Christ follower, or if you've simply been to church for more than like five minutes, you will not be shocked that the preacher says, hey, we should pray. Anyone shocked with that? Right? This is what we all know we should do. But here's been my experience, again, in the almost two decades with the body of Christ, is that we know we should, and most of us kind of understand how we should pray, but we don't, and we end up feeling two things, guilt and shame. Oh, I just don't, I don't do it enough. Oh, I don't really know how. I'm kind of embarrassed by it. And so we feel this guilt and shame But that has never been the heart of your father any more than you would want your children to feel guilty or shameful because they didn't talk to you enough. Rather, what you do is you would say, well, let's just, let's prime the pump. Let's learn how to talk to me better or more frequently. You would open up the lines of communication. And so what I want us to do this morning is we've got to start at the base level. I want to walk you through seven texts very briefly about God's heart to you 
why he wants to hear from you, and that he actually listens when you pray. I want to take away the guilt and shame because here's the reality. Guilt and shame do not bring you closer to God. It's been my experience that guilt and shame often causes us to run from God, and that's not his heart for you. He wants to hear from you. So we're going to look at that, and then we're going to look at the model prayer, what Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 6. But before we get there, let me just kind of For those of you who go, I don't know if he wants to hear from me. I don't know if he even listens. Let's just look at these passages together. This first one is from Psalm 34, verse 17. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. God hears you. Now, here's the problem. Many of us hear this and it actually discourages us. It doesn't encourage us. And you want to know why? It's this word right here, the righteous. How many of us on our resume would put the word righteous? Like, that's me, I'm righteous. Most of us feel unrighteous, or maybe we're just squeaking into God's heavenly family. Maybe he didn't realize he left the back door open and we walked in unannounced or unnoticed. Here's what you need to understand. You and me, on our own, you're right, we are not righteous. As the song says, no, not one. That is why Jesus came, friend. Because you and I are not righteous. We are not right before God. So Jesus comes and scripture says he imputed or gives his righteousness to you. Paul puts it this way. We clothe ourselves with Christ. Meaning it's almost like you are dressed inside Jesus. So when you pray to the Father, God does not see your and my unrighteousness. He sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are, hear me. Hear me now. If you are in Christ, you are 100% righteous. Period. In fact, if you're like, get a scale and put all the righteous people from history. Maybe there's Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. Or maybe it's one of your grandparents. Someone that you admire. Do you understand that you stand at the same level of righteousness as Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, and anyone else you may wish to put there? Why? Because their righteousness is not their own. It's theirs. It's Jesus Christ on them. Same righteousness on you. This is why we can speak to the Lord and know that he hears us. Let's continue. Then he goes on. This is Psalm 18.6. In my distress... I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help, and from his temple, notice this phrase, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. So he hears us when we pray. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So God hears you, and he wants to hear you. By the way, is that different than it is sometimes as parents? Come on. We hear our kids all the time, don't we? Mamas, isn't it true when you have little bitties and they are just like hanging on you, your clothes, you're like, you know, you're peeling them off. You run to go to the bathroom, you pull the door closed, you lock the door, not because you have to go to the restroom, but you need some space. And what happens while you're in there? Little fingers come under the door. Mommy. It's like some horror movie happening in your house. You hear your kids, but that doesn't mean you always want to hear your kids. Hear me now. The Lord hears you, and he wants to hear you. Always. No exception. James chapter 4 verse 2 says this. You do not have because you do not ask who? Who? God. You go to all the wrong answers. You just don't go to the right one. 
And then Matthew eleven twenty eight is astounding. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now notice who God invites to pray. If you're inviting a crew over to your house for a dinner or a party, who would you put on that list? If you're like most of us, you'd probably say, well, well, so-and-so's hilarious, or so-and-so listens really well, or so-and-so tells great stories. You'd pick the people who are fun, happy, energetic. You're not going and saying, well, who is the most depressed person I know? Who is the Debbie Downer? Who is the Eeyore? Thanks for noticing me. Who's the person who is always depressed? That's who I want to bring. And yet, who does God invite to speak to him? The depressed, the lonely, the outcast, the frustrated, meaning no matter how high you feel or low you are, his invitation is equal. Come to me. And then Philippians 6, famous passage, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 rather. Do not be anxious about anything, he says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, meaning it doesn't make sense up here, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 4, beautiful promise. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, find grace to help us in our time of need. In other words, because he sees you through the lens of Jesus, you come in with confidence. Here's all I want you to hear from this passage. God's call to you is not shame or guilt, but invitation. He hears you and he wants to hear you. Now, how do we pray? How do we do this thing? And here's the answer. Are you ready? You want to know how to pray? It's very simple. The way you learn to pray is to pray. That's it. There is no magic. There is no Rubik's Cube. You've got to just figure out the right words or combination. The way you learn to pray is the same way you learn to do anything in your life. How did you learn to ride a bike? You got on the bike and rode. Now, it was wobbly and someone was there to help you, but you got on it and you learned how by doing it. Amen? How many of us remember those scary moments? It was a little awkward, wasn't it? But you keep at it until it becomes second nature. Or how do you learn to play basketball? Some of you are going, I'm still learning. Okay, fair enough. But you just do it. Or how do you learn to do calculus? Maybe if you're like me, you just didn't. You said, forget it. But you do it by learning, by trying, and by practicing. And so Jesus is now going to show us sort of the how. But then as a church, in just a few minutes, we're going to practice. But we're going to take about six minutes as a church. And I'm going to invite you to pray. And I'll show you how in a moment. Don't, don't, don't stress. It'll be good. Because I believe that as those who wish to know Jesus better, we don't know him by listening and by thinking. We get to know him by doing. So let's walk through what Jesus says in this passage. This is Matthew chapter 6. Notice how he, he starts here. Verse 9. He says, this then is how you should pray. And now there's going to be five sections. We're going to just walk through them very briefly. First, he says, here's how you begin. Our Father in heaven. Next slide. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, here's the problem. When you hear that, what do you hear actually in your mind? Our Father who what? Art in heaven. Hallowed be what? Thy name. 
Now, is there anything wrong with the KJV? No. That's how I learned this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Nothing wrong with that except it sometimes leads us to believe that we have to say certain things a certain way in someone else's voice for God to hear our voice. Here's what you need to know, good news. You don't have to pray in the KJV for God to hear you. God is not impressed by your fancy speech. He doesn't listen to go, whoa, 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 Abriel, come over here. Listen to that. Did you hear the way he strung the these and thous together? Did you hear all the fancy language? Come on, Holy Spirit, did you hear this? That's fantastic. He's not impressed with your fancy speech, and he is also not deceived by it. He knows your heart. Your words simply reflect your heart. What is it Jesus says? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when God hears your words, he's listening to your heart. Uh, This is true when it comes to parents, right? Uh, We have two kids. Our kids are very, very different. I do not require my daughter to communicate like my son for me to listen to her. I don't require my son to communicate like my daughter for me to listen to him. My kids are radically different. Stephen, he is analytical. Like one, two, three, four, five. There's the roadmap right there, dad. Very clear, very spaced out. My daughter, Emma, she's a free spirit. If you want a one, two, three, four, five, you will get one cow purple eyeball unicorn. Ta-da. And I'll say, that's not an outline. She'll be like, yes, it is. Because that's the way she communicates. Your father made you distinct and unique. He doesn't need to be impressed by your words. Here's how you should pray. By the way, when I was younger, sometimes I got bored in church. Anyone else ever get bored in church growing up or, or, or now even? Some of you are like, yes, sir. So, so fifth, sixth grade, here's what I would do. Fifth, sixth grade. Um, I, some of you might do this. I would, this isn't, this isn't good. I would sit there and there was a elder in our church, godly man who used our father and father God and Lord Jesus all the time through his prayers. And we would sit there and count how many times he said it in the prayer. Now you laugh or you roll your eyes, but you've done the same thing, haven't you? But but here's what you need to know. God is not impressed with your speech. Just talk to him. Here's how I talk to God. Dad, I don't know what to say. Or Lord, help me with this. Or I'm so angry at that. Or sometimes it's not even full sentences. Sometimes it'll be just like, it'll be like, you saw that, right? Come Where's the bolt? Talk to him like you would talk to your sister, your friend, your spouse, your neighbor. All right, let's move on. He then goes on, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All that means is bring what's up there down here. You have a way for things to be and it's not right down here. You bring it down here. Now, the next section of scripture, go to the next slide. He's going to give us three different sections that deal with the three needs we all have. So he says, give us today our daily bread. Help us physically. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So this is relationally with God and with others. Help us with our relationship with you and with one another. And then the third section is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is spiritual. You have physical, you have relational, and you have spiritual need. He invites you to tell him everything. So I want to simplify this down to two words. Your prayer and every prayer you pray can be summed up in two words. Are you ready what they are? Here we go. 
All of prayer is wow or al. Our Father, wow! The God who spoke the stars into existence, who said the universe will be measured by his hand. The one who calls dirt and dust into humanity and brings out a living person. This God says, call me Father. Wow. Or Al. God, I I don't know what to do with the world that is so busted. Bring heaven to earth. It's owie down here. Help us, please. Physically, God, I'm ow. I need, there's too much month, not enough money. Ow, help. God, there's relationship challenges. Things are tough at home or things are tough in my workspace or tough in my neighborhood or tough in my church. By the way, is it possible to go to church with someone that you don't like or that you don't get along with? Oh, yeah. So relationally, help me. And then the third one, God, the devil hates me and hates you and he's doing everything to destroy all that is good. Help me. Protect me from him. And Lord, sometimes I just need you to protect me from my own evil desires that aren't from him. They're from me. Help me. Physically, relationally, spiritually. Wow and ow. It is no simpler than that. And all you do is speak in your own words. Now, how do we do it? That's how you do it. So, I think we should practice And so here's what we're going to do over the next couple minutes, about six minutes. We're going to practice, but I need to give a little bit of uh, instruction. First, uh, if you are a guest, maybe you're not a Christ follower and you're just kicking the tires of faith, (laughs) I just want you to know, many of the people in this room were sitting in the seat you're sitting in right now and were kicking the tires of faith. We are so glad that you're here. Amen, church? But I know this can be awkward, so here's the deal. I'm going to invite you to do one of two things. There will be scriptures on the screens. The ones we just looked at, they'll be on screen. You can just read those. Think on those. Or while we are praying, wow and ow, you may simply say, God, if you're real, would you show it to me? Would you open my heart to you? Just talk to him that way. Now, if you are in second category, if you are what we might call a nominal Christian, Now, frankly, I don't even know what to do with that category. That's the category that says I'm a Christian, sort of, or, or, you know, I I was born a Christian because my parents are Christian or because I was raised in Dalton, right? You know, that's why I'm a Christ follower. But you have no real love, no real warmth towards God. Here's what I would invite you to do. You're going to have to manage your heart and pay attention to what you're thinking and feeling for the next few minutes. Because here's the temptation. You're going to want to tell those you're with, say, hey, what if we walk out early? What if we just sort of bail? Here's what I would encourage you to do is don't pull away from the awkwardness, but move into it. And some of you are going, ah, Diggs, I'd rather listen to you than this. That boggles my mind that you'd rather listen to me talk about him rather than you getting to talk to him. And, and, and so we're going to deal with this. And here, here's the fact. If you're finding yourself there, there's possibility of a low-level idolatry that you've put someone else who stands up here above God, which is dangerous. Or there's an immaturity there that you'll want to grow out of and grow more like Christ. And so I'm going to encourage you, push into this moment. Then there's third category, daddies, husbands. If you are here with your crew, maybe your spouse, your kids, I'd invite you just to grab, grab your kids, grab your spouse. Say, hey, we're, we're going to pray together. This is going to be a real cool time to get to pray. Now, some of you, this scares you to death. 
This is why some of you, you know how to pray, but when I walk into the room, you forget how to pray because you're like, Diggs is here, he'll pray. Take the role this morning to say, hey, let's pray. And if all you say is, dear God, thank you for this family. Way to go. Wives, mamas, if you're running solo today, you grab those babies and you pray with them and you invite them to pray together with you. Amen? By the way, God bless you if that's your story. We're so glad you're here. And then the last, if you're maybe walking in and you're, you're not with a group and you're just kind of by yourself, you're going, I don't know how to do this. Do you're welcome to pray by yourself or invite yourself into a prayer group that you see. If you see some other folks having a great time praying, say, I'm joining your crew. And they'll kind of look at you and go, oh, okay, come on in. But don't worry, you'll have a great time. You'll become best friends. You'll vacation together. You'll probably get something from their will when they die. It will be epic. So just go ahead, lean into it, okay? All right. So I'm going to pray for you. We're going to put some prompts on the screen. I'm going to ask you, pray together. You can pray out loud, but pray, okay? So Father, in this moment, we welcome you. And more than that, we thank you that you welcome us. I ask as we look at these passages, as we talk to you, maybe for the first time in a long time, soothe our hearts with the knowledge that you hear us and you want to hear us. And so we pray now in the name of Jesus all these things. Let's pray together.